0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is a Legends edition of If This Concrete Could Talk. My legendary guest today is a guy who is like a brother to me in every sense of the word. Former teammate at SIU. We played together four years. We were roommates. We stayed together a lot on road trips. Uh, Three years at Meridian, he was a head coach. I was his assistant coach. This is a guy I've spent a lot of time with over the years. Uh, we're close friends, our families are close. A guy who means the world to me as a person, Matt Wynn. Matt, honor to have you on my man. <laughs> Looking forward to talking some basketball with you. And uh, I name, this segment, a different world, same love. It's because how we grew up, you look at how does a guy from Benton become brothers with a guy from East End. And it all goes back to our love for basketball. And like I mentioned about our families, you know, the, the the morals and how we were brought up. Um, before we start, one thing I, w- I want to point out and let everybody know when I speak about your family. Um, our families became close when we were at SIU and the, the seats for the players were usually together. And our, our family spent a lot of time together at ball games, home games especially, you know, talking and watching us play, or watching you play, watching me sit there. and. Uh, one thing that always sticks out when my father passed away, your your mom and dad and your wife, Trudy, her parents are at the visitation. And to this day, that's something that in my mom, to my mom, that stands out to her about how close we were and how, you know, the respect that your family had for my family, and for my dad. And when I say you're a Hall of Fame person from a Hall of Fame family, I mean that in every sense of the word. So it is a special honor and privilege to have you on to talk basketball with you today. Well, thanks
1: Griff. I mean, it's it's uh I tell you what, those are some really kind words, Griff. I, I want to say the same thing back to you. I mean, when I was 18 years old, going to uh going to college was it was a totally different world for me. And uh you know, the friendship that we had at SIU, I mean, uh like I said before, I mean, we don't see each other all the time, but but you're one of those guys in my life that man, when I need something, uh, uh, you're, you, you're just one of my best friends and I appreciate you having me on, uh, uh, love your family, you know, that we got, and I look back at those times, those four or five years that we, we spent together in college, man, those were some of the best years of my life and, uh, uh, met a lot of great people. And, and uh, man, we had a lot of good times. So I, I re- I'm, I'm honored that you asked me to be on. I really appreciate it. Oh,
0: that was my pleasure. My pleasure. You were, when I was putting a list of guests together, you were one of the first names I put down just because, you know, it, my, it's centered around basketball. And I there's very few people I know who love basketball as much as you do and as, as, as dedicated to the game yeah. as you were. So that's a that's a great lead in to my first question, which I've asked all my guests. When did your love for basketball
1: begin? Wow, man. Um well I'll tell you what, Griff. You know, my my dad liked to hunt and fish. And and that's that's kind of what he did. And and uh he, he did he was not really an athlete in high school. But uh my dad had really good eye hand, you know, he could He could shoot a gun. He could shoot a rifle. and You know, uh, um, I really feel like I got a little bit of my eye-hand coordination and ability to shoot the ball from my dad because, uh, you know, he was a pretty good pool player, um, pretty good with his hands. Um, But I'll tell you what, Griff, um, I remember uh, probably in the – I was nine years old, about 1977. Uh, my dad was a biology teacher at Benton High School, and uh, to make a little bit extra money, he he worked a back door and he let he let teams in at home games, and he he would take me with him. And when I went into that gym when I was a kid, I mean. It was just incredible to me. I mean, that, that atmosphere, I mean, it was rocking and rolling in, in 1977. I can remember, you know, uh, Griff being one of those kids that, you know, I didn't run around um, for whatever reason. Man, I got right behind that bench, and I knew I knew all those guys uh, that played. Um, I can remember some of my, my greatest times when I was a kid is when we would have a snow day and my dad would say hey i'm going up to high school do you want to go with me and and i would i would go and he would work in his room and i would go to the gym And i would just wait on the rangers to get there um, to practice i knew coach heron when i was when i was growing up um and and you know i think being around that program griff we always had opportunities to play i mean i was a I was a system kid. I was brought up through a system. I mean, uh, from the time I was in grade school, my, my the first team I played on—I was in the fourth grade at Grant School and uh, the, Grant the Grant Green Gorillas. <laughs> and we had we had <laughs> six grade schools in town that fed into the high that fed into the junior high. This was before our middle school, and I mean, you think about that, Griff we had Aiken and Ewing and Logan at that time. You had two, three, three feeder schools. Then you had six grade schools. And you know, those six grade schools, you had three or four kids at every school that had an idea how to play. And and then once they got in junior high, you brought all that together. Um, I mean, it was just, the opportunity to play in Benton made it easy. I mean, the gyms were always open. Some of the best camps that I ever went to, Griff, were at Ren Lake Basketball Camp. And in, in my opinion, that's that's where I really learned how to, to play the game, how to run a lane, how to get my feet set, how to check somebody out, how to pivot. All those little things were taught by some of the area coaches here in Southern Illinois. Coach Aaron kind of headed that camp up, and those were some of my greatest memories, Griff. We, we played... Griff, we went to camp. I can remember going to basketball camp at 1 o'clock. We didn't get out of there until 4. It was a three-hour camp. You're talking about little kids. And, I, you know, you know as well as I do, being a high school basketball coach, hey, the elementary teachers, man, they, they, I've got a lot of respect for them. I mean, because you go in there and you're coaching <laughs> third, fourth graders, fifth, and sixth graders, and you're teaching those kids how to run a five-man weave and how to run a three-man weave and, and, (laughs) you know, three-man weave, three shooters. I mean, we were doing drills back then, and things were being broken down for us, and we had stations, and Griff, I can remember, uh, this was the greatest thing about camps. I can remember going in, and we had this giant board at Wren Lake Basketball College, and each day, they divided the whole camp up into different teams, And so, like, if you were a seventh grader, you were in the ABA League. If you were an eighth grader, you were in the NBA League. And We had that many kids, and you would see which team you were on because you had to go through two hours of drill work, and then that very last hour, you got to play. I mean, you were rewarded at the very end with being able to play, but you had to go through your drill work, too. I'll tell you what, Griff, that was the greatest basketball education a guy could have. I mean, and I'll tell you, I took those drills, the things that were taught to me, and, and my friends did too, you know? And we we take those things home and we would do them. And uh, being able to go to those games, golly. I mean, watching Robbie Williams play when you're in the seventh grade, um, Watching, you know, watching Tim Wills play, watching Robbie Hammond shoot the ball in 1979. I mean, you could not leave that gym and not want to pick up a ball. And so I played a lot on my own. You know, I was an only child, Griff. And I still say basketball is the greatest sport ever for an only child. I mean, you can't play baseball by yourself. Yeah. You can't play football no. by yourself. But you can grab a ball and you can put your music on and you can turn your light on and you can play for hours and entertain yourself. And I'll tell you what, I did a lot of that, but I credit that to um, just being inspired by the program itself. I mean, that program led to that energy and led to that willingness to grab my ball and go out and play because I wanted to run out of that tunnel one day. I mean, that was I want to run out of that tunnel. I mean, that was my growing up um, in Griff. You're talking about, you know, you're talking about back then being in the South seven and your Carbondale, Trey, Mount Vernon, going to those places. And man, when coach was here, he was winning those games year after year after year. And maybe beating some teams that maybe we shouldn't have beat at times. and, and, yeah. and I could see that, and that inspired me. Um, I looked up to those players. I mean, I wanted to be a Benton Ranger from the time I was nine years old up. And, man, I, I mean, uh, it was an incredible experience, I mean, growing up in Benton. And Griff, you know, we used to, on top of those Rin Lake camps, the first time I ever spent the night, um, not my own bed, was at Tennessee – like uh, we had a basketball camp called Sweetwater, Tennessee, and we, TMI basketball camp, and, and uh, we we bust down there. I mean, there was no air conditioning. My, my parents, my <laughs> parents didn't, they really didn't want to let me go because I was so young, and, and I promised them I'd call them every day, and I'll never forget. It was a week-long camp, Griff. I didn't call them one time. I mean, I didn't call them <laughs> one time because I was having too much fun. And you know they picked me up, and they were glad to see me. But they, I think they wanted to, I think they wanted to beat me too, because for a whole week I didn't, <laughs> I didn't you know, I didn't even call them because I was having too much fun. And
0: well, be honest, man, Matt, I know you. You forgot, too. man. I
1: forgot too. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That, that's probably the, when you got right down to it. That's probably why. But I'll tell you what, like, <laughs> hey, those fans were unbelievable, Griff. And growing up in Benton, man, I mean, during that time, I wouldn't trade those times for anything. I mean, I, I came through it a great time. I came through a great time, Griff.
0: <laughs> See, and, that, and that makes it more ironic that the name just popped, you know, the name of this, this episode just popped in my head. But like, I mean, we've talked a lot about basketball. And we both are from basketball crazy towns. One of the big differences: Benton had football, mm-hmm. and Benton had track. You know, and I don't know how big those sports really were. Carrie Mills just had, you know, we had a cross country team, we had a baseball team, but nobody really knew who the baseball players were. Nobody really knew who was on the cross country team. Everybody knew the basketball players, sure. and that was you know the same thing with you. You know, we didn't have the tunnel or whatever, but I wanted to run out and I wanted to bust through the hoop to Rocky playing. I wanted to wear the warm, the purple and gold warm-up suit. Um, I knew the guys and just like you said, you know, you're watching those guys play basketball. I remember going home after games and I wasn't like the kids that run around now or even then. I sat and I kept a track of points and stuff. So after the game was over, I'm home before I got to go to bed. I'm replaying the game and I'm Dean Tabor and I'm David Tabor and I'm Steve Evans. I'm Bud Hill. I'm whoever. I'm whoever was the leading scorer that night and I'm you know trying to you know do their moves over the the doorway and that type of stuff the only difference think a big difference where you had access I won't say access but where you had camps that were available we didn't have camps in carrier meals um, so my my education was the goal in my front yard when some of the older guys would come over sure. and play um, going to the park as I got older and watching those guys down there play, I, I didn't I didn't go to a basketball camp until uh, before my freshman mm-hmm. year, and it was a camp that the park district sponsored in Carrier Mills, and I went to that and went a big camp mostly Carrier Mills kids. Um, I went to camp at Illinois State before my junior year. Those only camps I went to. So for me, my my learning, my classroom was at sure. the park, and that's where I learned to play and where guys taught me. You know, how to do certain things and, you know, how to how to become a better basketball player. But I think we, and I, I know we both were influenced by the traditions that our hometown had. And it's on a smaller level, but Carrier Mills is real similar to Benton. Both towns have a lot of history, a ton of great players, great coaches. Benton's been to state more times. Neither one of us have state championships, you know, to, to brag about. But just as far as history, you know, Benton... Is up there is among the top in the state. Carry Mills in the area is probably just as good as anybody. As far you know, I, I, a thousand point club, I'd almost be willing to bet we have members of a thousand point club than any other school. I know that any, I'd all, I'd almost guarantee we have more thousand point scores than any school our size. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, Griff, so, yeah, I, I, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. You know, I know uh, the Taberns, and I, you know. You educated me when I was in school. You know, we, we would always talk about that. and You you gave me a good education about Carrier Mills basketball. I know there's a lot of tradition there. And, you know, Griff, I'm sitting here in my office and, and uh, or just sitting here at home and, uh, you know, something popped in my head. And, and when you're talking about growing up and, and, and playing and, and your education being in your backyard, you know, we, we had open gyms in the summer. And they were they were Monday through Friday, seven to eleven in the morning, and then on Monday and Thursday nights there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of players that maybe played at Wren Lake or area players that would come in, and it wasn't just Benton kids. I mean, there would be guys from Mount yeah. Vernon that would drive up, or guys from West Frankfort. You know how that is. I mean, when you When you get other guys in the gym, I mean, the the competitive juices flow, man. I mean, and you're talking about some great games on Monday and Thursday nights in that gym. But I I had to tell you this story that's just something that stuck out to me that that I always remember and I tell. Um, I think when you're in junior high, probably like you were, you know, you keep a score and you're you're, uh, very impressionable. And i remember the ranger teams the greatest probably from my sixth grade year to my eighth grade freshman year you know i mean i was in the gym all the time i can remember griff we uh i was in in benton's gym we used to play cross court and there were two games going on on the east end of the cross court were the young guys the freshmen sophomores eighth graders whatever and we just formed games and we played, you know, he played a seven, went by two, whatever. Well, on the West end were the big guys. And one, one time I was in the, the gym and I, I think I was a freshman and I was playing on the other end and uh, a group of the big guys, some of them were going home. They wanted to play one. They wanted to play a few more games. So they came down and they got me. Okay. And I, and I, I'm the one guy that they grabbed me and, and said, "Hey, you know, I forget who I was guarding. I mean, I was guarding. I was just getting the ball and passing it to the older guys. But, <laughs> but in the game itself, my guy scored a couple times, you know. And I wasn't a great defensive player by any means, and, and you know, uh, but I can. I always remember it. The games were so competitive that Tim Wills stopped the game. And he kind of had the ball under his arm, and he said, "Hey, listen, if you're not going to guard anybody, we'll go down and get somebody else." And <laughs> I'll never forget that because that's the way the games were played. I mean, when you played the seven yep. and by two, when you got beat, you got you were off the floor because there was another team yes. waiting. And you know yep. you were upset about it. It wasn't. You were mad about Man, it. And There's
0: no guarantee. You're gonna get, no guarantee you're going to get back on the floor with right. those guys. And,
1: and the thing was, when you were older, was hey, how many how many times can I stay on the floor? How many times can we win? And we're just going to go until we we can't we you know we can't stand up. I mean, you just played that many games. Yeah. And, and there was a lot yeah. of pride in there. And the reason I tell you that story is. The, the great thing about that story is there were no coaches watching us. It was it was internal. It yeah. was intrinsic. It was what we were supposed to do. This is how we did yep. things. And, you know, it was passed down from the older players to the young players. And yeah. I believe that that, as much as anything, I mean, you know, there's been some cross-court games where you had, you know, Danny Johnson, Rich Yonkis, and Doug Collins, I mean, in the old gym playing cross-court. Are you wow. kidding me? I mean wow. just incredible stuff. Now I wasn't there for those, but I'll tell you what, I played in some great games with some great players. Just pickup games. And I would love to go back to that time. Those are some of my greatest memories growing up, Griff, is playing in the summer I have in that gym.
0: The same thing, but ours was at the park, like the same, the same kind of you know, the same it's crazy. And uh uh the last, the last one I did was with Lucius Reese, and it's just crazy how, you know, when you when you talk guys who are, are lifers in basketball, very few start off on top. Mm-hmm. There was always you had to prove yourself to the older players, and he went through the same thing, and I did. I had the same thing where I'd play, and the, like they pick me at the park, and then they would get somebody else to come take my place. Hold on, hold check ball, hey, right, get 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 e out of here, <laughs> get him out of here. You you ain't ready to play. You ain't playing, or whatever. So I had to prove myself to those guys the same kind of way, and I I remember those lessons that, and it was it was it was it was you it was a, it was a pecking right. order that you had to push yourself before you could get in, and even once you were in, you didn't shoot the ball. I mean, as great as shooters you were, they didn't they didn't have you playing just because hey you're gonna come out here and shoot the basketball. You're gonna get the ball to people. You're gonna have to guard, try to guard right. people. Then we'll let you shoot. Sure. That's kind of where my defensive abilities came from. They didn't want me out there shooting the basketball. I, I took the ball out and I played defense. That's what I did. It was later on that they, okay, now you can shoot. Now you can score. But, you know, I played defense and I took the ball right. out. That was, that was my <laughs> – um, let's, let's talk a little bit about I, – I, I don't know exactly when it was built. When was the rich opened up?
1: Okay, so – uh, this this is a great a great story here, Griff. Um, we used to play in the old gym. We called it the Cracker Box. It's still there today. Um, you know. Yeah. Uh, now it's used for gr- it's a great girls' volleyball facility. Um, it's used for PE now, and we've really fixed it up. I mean, it, it looks beautiful right now. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. It's, it's nice. nice. It holds about fourteen hundred. Uh, about 1400 people actually i'll tell you what i think it was 1100 capacity when youngest and those guys played in that gym and uh so back then you know everything was just uh that that's that that gym was full and so what happened griff is there was a referendum to build a new high school and doing the research on this i, I tell you our high school was built in 1974. The high school that you see now in Benton was built in 74. Okay. Now the first, the first year of the gym was the fall of seventy, uh, of seventy three. Fall of seventy three was when, when the okay. first. For Some reason I thought it was in the eighties. It was named after coach. It in was the 80s. named after coach in 1980. Uh, but the but the okay. gym griff. Uh, it there was really it was very controversial because uh, uh, the old school sat right where the, the practice football field is today. Now it's a parking lot because we just kind of ramped up the facilities there at the football field but the old school okay. was there and uh, there was a vote on whether to build a new school or not. And really the idea of building a new school came about through basketball because the team was winning so much, Griff, that you know, you'd have Carbondell, Centre, Mount Vernon, those teams come in. Um they couldn't get there in time to get tickets. I mean, there were actually parents from opposing teams that couldn't get in to see the game because the the place the place wow. was just full. And they didn't have they didn't really have ticket rules as much back then. And the idea was, man, if we can build this big gym, we're going to have more money in the coffers, and so yep. the new gym meant a new school, and so really the 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 energy behind the, the building of the new school was the new gymnasium. I mean, the basketball program almost really a- kind of, in a way, uh, built that new school, in my opinion. So
0: that's almost a college like. Mentality or college, you know what you see with colleges—the success of a athletic, you know, particular athletic team. It, the you know other other areas benefit from it, and I I love when I was the you know, girls coach at Harrisburg, the JV coach, and we played, we played in the the East Gym every mm-hmm. year. I love that gym just because of the history mm-hmm. of it. Just you know, when I found I, I didn't know that you guys had that other gym. I used to come to those Mondays and mm-hmm. Thursdays when mm-hmm. we were at Southern. And I remember one night, I think they were waxing the floor, doing something on the floor, and you led us down to the East Gym. I had no idea that gym existed. I tell,
1: I'll tell you, Griff, what's neat about that gym, and the old-timers will tell you this, but we – you know, I, I it, you know, it goes in cycles. Size goes in cycles. But back in the late 60s, I mean, we had big players. I mean, youngest and Fussman. Yeah. And we had guys that were really tall, and it was a small floor, and – and it ran, yep. there, there was a, a permanent black rail that ran across the mm-hmm. sidelines on both sides, Griff. And we, yeah. we played with a restraining line. And Coach Heron yep. used that. I mean, there is no doubt about it. I mean, he, he took those, <laughs> that size that he had. And, you know, back during that time...
0: That's a huge advantage oh, in a gym oh, that's Griff, small like that. We
1: won 2-2 press people, and we suffocated people on that floor... Um, and he wanted to he wanted to run, you know. That was he wanted to get out, get the ball out, and go. And it was just an, an amazing home court advantage. And then when you walk into the new gym, the new gym was a was a, a big home court advantage in the sense that, you know, I think when when kids walked in there in 1973 to play us, so, they're in awe so of the space. Huge. You know, now now, it's, now yeah. I can't believe them. They must be pretty decent if they have this. You know, so I I think I think both gyms in their own way uh, had a had kind of a home court appeal to it, you know, uh, advantage. And uh, yeah, I I love that gym. I mean, that's when I was. A lot of times I would go up there and shoot on that gym because I like the wood floor, you know.
0: Yeah. And it's just the history, you know, know, we've talked about I'm a big history basketball Mm -hmm. history guy. And just the history of that gym, like being in there and we play, you know, a couple of times we played in there during the summer and then to go and coach in there. And just to think that like Rich Yonkis right. played in this gym and like you know, some, you know, some of the people that may tune in and listen, don't have any idea who Rich Yonkis is. Let's talk about him. Rich Yonkis, great all time, great Benton player. One of the greatest players in all history goes on to Georgia Tech. Three years playing at Georgia Tech, he is still the all time career scoring leader. He is still the all-time career uh, leader and average. And Georgia Tech has turned out NBA All-Stars, All-Americans. And he's still the top of the charts scoring there. So that's how good of a basketball player he was. You know,
1: Griff, Griff, Uh, I have to say this real quick because I'm sitting here and uh, I'm looking at. Young has scored 1,443 points as a Benton Ranger now. This is an amazing staff, okay? You know, it was very, very hard to play four years. There's only two guys that played four years for Coach Heron at Benton High School. That was Steve Stewart and Doug Collins. Um, Everybody else, yes, there are only two guys. Doug Collins, I'm sorry. Uh, It was uh, Steve Stewart and um, Billy Smith. It was Steve Stewart and Billy Smith. Um, So Steve Stewart, Billy Smith played four years of RC basketball. Everybody else were, you know, they played as as a sophomore, or a junior. Imagine this. Youngest scored 744 points as a junior and he did not play on the team as a sophomore. He did not play varsity basketball as a sophomore. Now, think about that. You know, I mean, when you're a junior and you're just getting your first varsity minutes, I mean, you're kind of testing the waters. I mean, there was no test in the waters. He gets 744 or 742, 40, something like that, and then he duplicates that as a senior, and he ends up with, you know, 1,443. But, I mean, he, Griff, I mean, I didn't really know how – you know, I never watched him, so I researched him. Griff, he had 44 on on Dave Cowens one night against Florida State. So I mean, <laughs> you know, he could play. I mean, Dave Cowens yeah, the ball play. Tape, I so. mean, just but just the fact you're in
0: the ACC, yeah. and that and he played there when Dean Smith. That was he would have been there around the time that Dean Smith was really turning North Carolina into a national nice. power. Duke was still pretty good at the time. So those are the two, I mean, those are two national profile teams. And for him to score the points that he oh, yeah. did, that's, that just speaks volumes about the type of player he was. And you when I mean, we think now you hear fourteen hundred career points. That's not a lot because guys, you don't have to be very good. A team doesn't have to be, I shouldn't say very good. A team doesn't have to advance very far now in the postseason. They're getting 31, that's right. 32 that's games. Right. The most i played in high school my senior year we get to the sectional championship we got 29 mm-hmm. games in. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh i won the mccainsborough team that won state and went undefeated they got 30 i think they were 35 yeah. and oh yeah 34 yeah. and 0, something like that i mean now that you get to the regional championship and oh that my last team in meridian we got 32 games right. in and we didn't get out of right. the regional. so yeah, I remember those teams, what they were. I, I know those Youngest teams, they each lost one game. Were they like 25 and 1, 26 okay, and 1, something so like that?
1: 65, 66, uh, junior year. Um, that team was called, uh, Griff, I thought it was kind of funny. Um, the team was called Four Splinters in a Barrel. And uh, they had four guys were <laughs> just real skinny and tall. You know, and then they had Terry Hurd. Terry Hurd was the point guard on that team, and he was just a stocky little floor general, and he was the barrel, floor sprint, splinters in a barrel. And uh, they were 31 and 1 in 65 and 66. And then in 66, 67, they were 30 and 1. So you're talking about 61 and 2 there, Griff, for two years. I mean,
0: it's incredible. So,
1: so two years.
0: 63 games mm-hmm. in two years,
1: mm-hmm. Yep.
0: and, they, and both of those teams uh, got to stay.
1: The the second, the 67 team got beaten super sectional, um, but the 66 team did okay, go to stay. <laughs> yeah. okay.
0: So, you, 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 you give them three yeah. tournaments and all the additional games that, that total probably sure. goes up easy 200 sure. points. So, that just a you know, great player, Nate. I mean. And while we're talking, great players have been, of course, you got Doug Collins, who, if you're a basketball fan, you can't call yourself a basketball fan if you don't know who Doug Collins is. A lot of the a lot of the young players, younger people, they know Doug Collins because he coached Michael Jordan. They don't realize that he was an Olympian. He was an NBA number one draft pick. He played with Dr. J. Um, He he, he was part of probably the most controversial basketball game in history in the 72 Olympics against Russia I, I would that has to be the most controversial g- basketball game period in history you know just everything would fall out from that but he right. was a Benton Ranger name name some of the other guys that that are part of the, the Benton well, Ranger well I Magic. mean
1: you know you can't I mean Joe Jojo Johnson has 25 you know 25-75 I mean that may not ever be broken I mean he was a tremendous player, Griff. I mean, you know, and I, I never got to see Danny play, but I, Joe was coming into SIU when I was leaving. And, and I mean, uh, just a tremendous high school player. Uh, then you have Bruce Baker. I mean, Baker to me growing up was, I mean, I've never seen a guy, I mean, he had some mitts on him. I mean, he, he caught everything. I mean, it's tremendous hands. Um, he was a good outside shooter. I mean, six seven, six eight. He went to the University of Alabama, Birmingham. Um, you know, later on on the list, Doug Kirk, one thousand six hundred sixty-one points. Now that this was after Coach Aaron Coach, left, but he was a little lefty, and man, he he was a point, and he he, he was, was a great scorer. Uh, Derek Oxford came in at one thousand five hundred eighty-nine. I mean, great. Great, shooter, great shooter, great player, great kid. Um, then you got, yeah, Holly. Uh, you've got Bob Crawford in 61, uh, Trevor Myers, Billy Smith, Keith Tabor, Ryan Fralini comes in at 1,224, Steve Stewart, Schaefer, Jay Schaefer at 1,112, a uh, guy named Jim Adkins that played with Yunkus in high school that went to the University of Alabama, Griff, 1,103. Austin yeah. Wills, I mean, he's playing right now. I mean, he's um, he's playing yeah. at Trevecca. And, I mean, there's there's nobody that hardly played as much as Austin growing up. And and he's yeah. uh, another yeah. great another kid, great, great player. Player. Paul Dinkins at 1,036. Danny Johnson at 1,034. Jim Smansky, Bob Dietz, Seeger Shirts, And then we've got uh we've got a kid right now, Griff, that's uh he's he's about twelve fifty, thirteen hundred, that's Reece Johnson. Reese Johnston. And now he yeah. he got a lot of them at Nioga, but he's made his mark here at Benton. He's had a great year last year and he's man, he's a great kid too. And uh he's and that's leaving off guys like oh, Randy House Randy and House, Kai Nurnberger. Mark Peters. I mean you know, there were so many good players that didn't get a thousand because it was you just you know you just, there were a lot of there were a lot of uh, a lot of players. Well, you're playing, you're
0: playing, playing in the South Seven, and that makes it tough because there's there's no nights off in the South. There were no nights off right. in the South Seven then. And just I can just imagine just you know the competition and this basketball was crazy. What what were game days like there well, as a kid? Well, I mean, you know, Griff. What was the anticipation? what was the anticipation of, of game days at, at benton high school you know
1: griff i'll tell you um, the I, I it's hard to describe i mean the program itself you know to answer that question i think coach coach was very uh, there was an image i think that coach heron wanted to project with the program i think it started with the flat tops i think the jackets, the flat tops, the briefcases where you carried your uniforms in. I mean, the blazers that we wore. Um, yeah, briefcases? Actually, I've never heard yeah, that they looked one. looked like suitcases. They were maroon. We kept our, we kept our uh, uniforms in them. And we were expected to carry those in. You know, Griff, I can remember uh, going to... It, it was really special, you know. it's was, it was uh, very button-down, very business-like. Um, I can remember watching those guys when I was a kid and I thought, man, I want to be a part of that, you know? Um, but game day was just incredible because, you know, uh, you're talking about when I was growing up, just a regular South seven game on a Friday night. And that place is packed. Now the greatest, the greatest game that I ever saw in my opinion, uh, was the 84 sectional game when we beat Carbondale. Um and, and carb that was that was a great carbon team. team. That's Joe Hamilton <laughs> and Glenn Martin and Stephen Bardot and uh Ronnie Tate was on that team. Um Ronnie Tate Glenn God. Martin. I mean and then we had Nurnberger House. I mean, think about this. You had Nurnberger House, um Baker, Schaefer, Shave and Baker. Darren Carlisle. Darren Carlisle 6'4-210 had a wing. And I mean he's He's a nice player. Um, you got David Peters coming off the bench. He punts at SIU. Yeah. Um, I mean, my freshman year, I had to film that game. And I mean, they were in the corners. They were sitting on that rail with your legs, you know, hanging off the rail. I mean, there's just people everywhere. And we won that game. That was a huge win. Um, that, that to me was my favorite game growing up. Um, but it was just incredible Griff, you know, uh, to to the the sweet Georgia Brown coming out to that music, um, the magic circle uh, where the guys got in the circle and they had the red, white, and blue basketballs. So, I mean, you know, and you had your two guards that could handle it the best. They'd come out, they'd take it between their legs and pop it off their rear ends, and it, and you had the scissor cuts with the layups. I mean, those were the things. Yeah, we, the we did that. Ten ten ten. I mean. Those were the days right there. I mean, and you go to the game and you go, wow, wow. You know, just one time, would I like to run out to that? And I can remember sitting behind that bench, Griff, and going through, you know, the starting lineups, and those guys would ram their foot against that bleacher and just sprint out. And there was a message being sent in that. I mean, five guys, there was no, there was yeah. no low five, there was no low five and we're not doing this, we're not doing that. We're going to show you right now, hey, you, we're ready to play. And I, that was the message. And I, I think that that image was held on to for a long, long time. It's great to see it growing up. I'll tell you that. I mean, it took me in. It took me in.
0: I mean, that, that's the same. I mean, a lot of the same thing. You just remember watching games at Carrier Mills, and you probably did the same. Like, when they're warming up, you're standing underneath the goal. While they're, you know, going through their warmups, and you're know, hoping you can get a rebound and pass the ball to one of them, that's that was yeah. like to me, that was everything, and just wanting to be a part of it. So, what what was it like the very first time? And I, one thing, and I, 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 I will always joke about this because to me, it's, I mean, it's, it's funny, but it's tradition. The stars. What was it like the first time? Incredible. Those stars I... Mean,
1: I probably took that uniform on and tried home and tried it on and, and wore it at home before I, you know, it was incredible to get that uniform. I mean, and you know, <clears throat> Griff, it's funny, I have to tell you, there's eight stars on the uniforms. We have a star on everything right now. <clears throat> the Benton handbook, you know, everything. <laughs> Board handbook, you name it. Stars are everywhere. But the stars originated in 1971 because we had you know we were going to be pretty good. I mean, we were going to be pretty good. We had a big senior class returning, plus Steve Stewart. Um, this was Fraley, Samansky, Locke, and Denny Smith. Those guys. We had eight guys that played. And you know how this goes, Griff. When you're a coach and you're going to be pretty good, a lot of times you get new uniforms. And so here they came, the new uniforms. And one of the one of the part. This was the very first time we had stars on uniforms uh there were eight stars that were placed in a circle around the number on the back of the jersey you couldn't see them on the front they were on the legs like they are today they were small stars in the very yeah. back that form a circle around the number and it was for those eight dots and from that yes from that oh wow okay. on, the stars the stars have been everywhere that's that was how the stars were uh, came about, which I I think is, is really neat. And, uh, you know, um, they had some, they had some cool unis back in the day, Griff. I mean, and, and and 75, 76, we had the gold warmups with the patch with the running ranger on it. I mean, those are classic. Those, I mean, I, I would give anything to have one of those and I don't know where they went, but that, when I got the job, that's the first thing I looked for was that yellow gold warm-up which i thought was so cool growing up and and uh you know we we always had good unis i mean coach that was that's something i think he took pride in like the haircuts and everything else you know
0: yeah But well, one thing about coach and we'll talk about him later you know his impact just overall but one thing about coach and a lot of people i mean we know because we played for him and you were around him a lot longer than i was coach was a a showman i mean he may not have been himself but the the product that he wanted to put on the shore he was a showman and he was a he was a promoter and it wasn't about himself it you know he wanted he wanted his his teams and his players to be recognized and i just i I joke about the stars just because i I, I, if i can't give you a hard time what am i going to do but there is synonymous with benton basketball as the pinstripes are with the Mm -hmm. yankees or as you know the golden helmets right. are with Notre Dame football that I can't think. I mean, can can you think of any other team in Southern Illinois? I mean, you have Quincy and Proviso East with the, the t-shirt jerseys, but can you think of any other team in Southern Illinois that has anything that is singularly synonymous with them? Like the stars with Benton basketball. I can't, I can't think of anything, any, any school that has anything that you see that you automatically yeah, think I, that's them,
1: you know, I really, I really don't, Griff. I mean, you know, it's, it's funny you ask me that. I've never thought about it like that. Um, you know, I, and, and I'm sure there's some, I know that we're probably leaving something out, but I mean, you know, I think, I think you're right. I, I, you know, there, there was something about that, that uniform and the stars and, you know, uh, that, that it made it really special. I mean, it was, it was, uh, <clears throat> it was a neat look and it's, it's still kind of there. But no, I, I really, you know, I don't, Griff. Um, I, I can't think of something offhand. I can't. I mean, uh, Pinkneyville
0: is the only other school in Southern Illinois in our area that matches. And uh, they probably, uh, yeah, I, I may, you may say yeah. they could, you might not, but sure, they got sure. state championships. So they may top sure. Benton as far as tradition and history but i can't think of anything any one thing except for all their players look alike and they play alike i can't think of any one thing that's synonymous with Pinkneyville basketball like the stars are with benton basketball because i just like when we would when when, you know playing playing against you guys at the at the benton tournament and i gosh i can't (laughs) stand these stars all these stars gosh, I hate the right. Stars, you know, but it's just, it's like people who hate Yankees because sure. of the sure. pinstripes. You don't, if Benton basketball wasn't Benton basketball, the Stars right. wouldn't get that reaction. It's because, it, I guess it's kind of like the Stars are a sign of excellence. And I remember you saying one time not every, not everybody gets to wear these Stars. <laughs> Did I
1: say
0: that? I, I don't even know if I said that. I, yeah, I was giving you a hard time. We were, We were Back and forth about something, you was like, hey, not everybody gets to wear these stars, Griff. And it was, a, I, don't, I think it was last year, maybe, or year before when LeBron was with the Lakers. And you know, the NBA, they're just marketing now. So they're going to, their color, their uniforms won't match their color base. And I, I think it's either Twitter or Facebook. The Lakers came out with stars on their shorts. And that kind of what in the Benton Rangers do the Lakers have? Where are the Lakers wearing right now? Well,
1: I, I'll tell you this, Griff. All the all the respect in the world to Pinkyville. I mean, what a program! I mean, you know, they uh, they just to me, it's just that baby blue. I mean, and, and you know, they're they're that yeah. color. You know, they have a pretty unique color, and I know it goes right along with North Carolina, but uh, you know, they have great tradition too. I, I take
0: nothing away from them. I mean, yeah. They... Yeah, and that was good. I did yeah. to beat that. No disrespect, because, you know, a, yeah. a lot of guys that I brought up from, you feel, but just I can't think of one thing, you know, other than winning, you know, and the baby blue, of course, but the baby blue, you do think of North Carolina, like, did you do with the stars? I mean, you, the stars, you got Benton, and you got the Dallas Cowboys, and everybody hates the Cowboys, too. Yeah. So... <laughs> you either like the Cowboys or you hate them you either like the Rangers or you right. hate them there's no right. middle ground.
1: Well, you know Griff, <laughs> you know, Smith, Griff I that's I how tell it you goes the story, um, you know and I, I love this um, but <clears throat> the the very first time we played in the Central tournament I think a lot of the older Rangers will tell you that that was a really special tournament I mean there were some people that thought that you know at that time right before Christmas, that that really, at times, uh, kind of rivaled the state tournament. I mean, it was an incredible tournament full of talent from all over the state. And uh, we had had some success in that. You know, by the time I got to be a sophomore, I played on Coach Heron's last team at Benton. And I was a sophomore. And I, didn't, I didn't get much playing time. I mean, I was just on the bench, you know. And this was the first time I ever that I ever suited up and dressed in the Centrale Tournament. Now, I went there as a kid. I'd watched it. I'd seen it, you know. Um, I was excited about it, you know. Got on the bus. We get, we get, to, we pull up to Old Trout Gymnasium. And uh, I'll never forget when we were getting off the bus, you know, um, there were a few policemen that came out and and escorted us in. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is different you know, and we went through kind of the (laughs) back door into this auxiliary gym and we had to walk to our locker rooms and we had our bed Ranger jackets on with our, with our uniforms and we were all walking together and we had to walk by the orphanage and the orphanage was the, the student section of And, you know, I mean, just heckled, um, uh, you name it. I mean, as soon as they saw our jackets, I mean, that place that they they started getting on us and i remember when we ran out onto the floor for warm-ups just to just these boos and it was the ultimate respect it was <laughs> the ultimate respect Griff, because yep. those boos were were saying hey you've had too much success in this tournament we hope you lose and yeah yep. that was the translation and yeah. It was a great, it was a great moment for me. It made me realize, wow, the guys that came before me, they laid down a foundation of this tournament. It was our job to keep it that way. Um, And you wanted to represent, I think every Benton team that came about, they were always trying to keep that tradition going because they knew what came before them. I mean, they went to the games, they knew. And those guys did everything they could uh, to keep that tradition on track,
0: you know. Well you spoke about that and you you know you you guys were in the South Seven and it was when the South Seven was made up of Carbondale, Benton, Mount Vernon, Centralia, Marion Heron, Harrisburg, West Frankfurt. You're in the Centralia tournament. You're in the BIT. Who were some of the great players that that you that you and uh, well, your teammates played against during your time I in mean, high school?
1: I'll tell you what, Griff, man, I hate to start naming because I know I'm going to leave some guys out. Because uh, Hey,
0: we're old. That just comes, I know, that just comes I with the territory. I'm, I'm just
1: thinking, you know, like <laughs> my junior year, you know, I was pretty wide-eyed. I, I hadn't had any varsity experience. And, and you know, um, I remember playing against, uh, you know, in the conference, I remember, you know, Marion had Steve Lacey um they had Scott Scott Schreffler was a great high school guard I mean um uh then you had you know P.J. Nichols at Marion I mean and then when you go to Mount Vernon they had you know Tommy Hayes uh Shipley was at Centrea um you had Cooksey along with him at Centrea you had Bardo at Carbondale um Stephen Bardo and then you had uh Golly, yeah! Chris Hamilton was a great player at Harrisburg. I mean, he was—he was—he was, he could really play. He's yep. left-handed, could shoot it. Um, you know, Frankfurt. My junior year, they went to the state tournament. I mean, the fourth, they got fourth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking about Tom Pulaski was my class. I mean, he was—he was a nice player. Dwayne Summers, um, even though he's a football guy, he played at Southern. But then, you know. You, you go to the state, you go to the state tournament, uh, or Centraea tournament. We played against Wade Jenkins that went to Tulsa and played against us Griff.
0: At, he was away, at Chicago
1: yeah. Carver. Um, you know, uh, the year before that, I think Tim Hardaway was <laughs> playing. That's what they Did you did, I, you did you get to see Tim know, Hardaway I, play there? I don't remember it if I did. I'm sure he was there because everybody, you know, everybody says that, uh, we played against a, a kid named Rodell Davis who went to Iowa. He played at uh, Thornton. Um, that was my junior year. Um, I tell you what, Griff. We we went to we we played against Sam Cassell in the 7 up shootout. That's right. Ball- yeah, we played Baltimore that. Dunbar. Got beat. Phil uh, Koontz, I mean, we played in the tip-off class it's against Carlisle. Thanks, my my junior year and we played phil Coons. i mean yeah phil was in my class yeah yeah. and and you know i'll tell you what griff just going in there every day in practice man i played against good players i mean my teammates could play i mean we had guys above me below me in my class everything we had guys that knew how to play it mattered to them you know they cared about it and i'll tell you what I probably got as much and grew as a player as much my sophomore year, just being able to practice with with Randy and, and, and you know some of those guys. I mean, Shafe and Pete yeah. and those guys. I mean, uh, it just it was just a you know ton of players, um, a ton of fun, a lot of competition. Um, and looking back, you, you go man. That was a great time to go through, you know. And then we never really got to play you guys, Griff. I mean, you were, you were kind of, uh, you were on the other side there. And we just didn't get to play it. But I mean, you went through at that time. I mean, yeah. um, we
0: played you guys in a summer tournament at Pinkneyville, and it would have been before my junior year because it was before Scott's okay. freshman year. And something happened, and I don't. Somebody wasn't there, maybe. So Scott started, and I remember we played you guys. And we're going out for the opening tip, and you know, we, we, uh, for me, it was like, okay, we're, uh, you know, I read about the, the Benton Rangers all the time in the paper from playing Harrisburg and a couple of times, you know, Carrier Mills might not be playing and we'd go watch Harrisburg Mm -hmm. and Benton play when I was younger. And so to play the Benton Rangers is like a big deal to me and Scott, it was a big deal, you know, basketball guys. So we walk out, you know, like, you know, we're trying to match up and I'm like, you know, I said, I got the big guy. And I don't remember if it was, um, what was the Thompson, Thompson kid that played? Yeah, Jeff Thompson. Played, um, yeah. yeah. Well, no, I tell you, okay. Schaefer, okay. he comes out. I remember it was Schaefer. And I said, I got the big guy. <laughs> and then another one of my teammates was like, you know, I said, you know, I said, I got the big guy. My back's to the court. And one of my teammates is like, <laughs> which one? And I turn around and look, and I'm like, good right. God. Right. <laughs> like. Everybody out here is taller than I am. You know, grant I'm only six. I was only six three, but like everybody out there looked like they were like six yeah. seven or taller. You know, had a web that was uh, he was in my Scott class. Today.
1: Yeah. Tony Scha- still
0: one of the best athletes I've ever seen on a basketball court. It's like you guys, like you just like an assembly line. How you guys rolled them? I think you guys beat us by about thirty. I mean, we weren't we were no way ready to play against the event at that point. I don't know if we ever were ready to play against a pen, but it was a great learning experience. Just, you know, that was, to my, that was the only time we played with you guys. Played played against you guys at that, that summer tournament. But, like, we we knew, you know, I kept track of, I kept, you know, tried to keep track of everybody. I remember Scott talking about you when he transferred to Marion, um, the games he played. He said he'd never been yeah. more tired after guarding you than he ever was in a game. He said, that some of a bitch never stopped running. <laughs>
1: I, tell, I tell you, Griff. Scott was my toughest matchup my senior year because Scott did such a good job guarding. I mean, he 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 can talk about running through those screens, but he ran through them. He did a really good job on me, and I that that's kind of what I wanted to do was keep people moving and 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 try to come. Up. I had great teammates, you know, and guards that you know that knew the game and could get me the ball in a situation where I could get my shot off and, and guys that would screen for me and Scott Scott was one of the best defenders uh, high school defenders I think at that time because you know I always felt like Griff I don't know if you felt this way but during that time during that era right there a lot of emphasis was put on offense um, you know the, the three point line yeah. was not yet in yet and so there were a, I mean you could it had to be a skilled player. Yeah, officer. there were a lot player. of teams that just kind of, it was a lot easier to fall back into 2-1-2 or 1-2-2. I mean, everything was worth two. And, you know, um, yep. I'll tell you what, uh, Marion Guarded Man and Scott, they would, you know, they, they'd go after me and I didn't, have great games against those guys because Scott did such a good job defensively and he was like that at Evansville too. I mean, Shreff was a great, he's a great player. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: tenacious. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about your journey to SIU. Now, I don't remember, I, I, I'm ashamed to admit it, baseball was involved somewhere before you decided well, basketball was.
1: not it? really. I, I'll be honest with you, Griff. I okay. mean, it was, it was a pipe dream. I mean, I couldn't run. You know, I mean, he played with me. I couldn't run. And, I mean, I thought I was <laughs> better than I was probably. And, and I just didn't. I wanted to play four years at a basketball school, and Griff, I'm really glad you asked me this question because this is this is really, uh, in my opinion, this is kind of why I have so much loyalty to Coach Heron is because, you know, Griff, this time you have to understand, I mean, in the fall of 87, you were there. You were there before me. You were a year there before yeah. me. You lived through this. I mean, Coach gets there the first year. He calls us down to the gym. My, at the end of my sophomore year, and he announces that he's going to SIU, and you know we're stunned. I mean, he's been there for twenty-five years. I mean, I, this is who this is who I wanted to yeah. play for, and you know he was crying, he was emotional. I mean, you know he'd won five hundred and something games there, and he's leaving, and he's he's walking into a hornet's nest because it's not like he's. You know, I mean, the, you know. I mean, jobs are open for reasons, and you know, the SIU job yep. was open, and you know, uh, he was going to go there. And it wasn't. What's that? Uh, no, and it wasn't a
0: good time, job you know, at the time.
1: It was just, you know, the challenge was could he turn it around? You know, and and so he goes there, Griff, in my junior year under Coach Heron, Ron Heron. Who, i mean griff i'm gonna tell you i i think the same way of ron heron as i do rich i mean great
0: unbelievable man. Great man And
1: they couldn't have I think of the courage that it took for ron heron to follow his brother at, at Benton. i mean and not think twice about it this is where we're going i mean yeah I, i'm telling you the guy did a great job with us and uh i was fortunate to play for him my junior and senior year but when i graduated Griff the SIU program coaches first two years they're 8 and 20 and then they're 12 and 16 and then yep and then here I am and Griff I'm not I'm not really being recruited but I I caught a break the three-point line came in around the time I graduated from high school maybe the year before and
0: yeah, started in college, eighty-six, eighty-seven it was when everybody it was instituted and it was the same line, same <laughs> That's distance. Right. And see
1: eighty the line was on our floor at Benton. And I can remember playing and that line being there, but it didn't count. You know, they were just getting ready for the next years because they knew it was coming. And the, the three point yeah. line was down, but we didn't use it my senior year. But but in college they were they were doing it. And I'll be honest with you, Griff. I mean, I was uh, you, know, you know, athletically probably below average for a, for a guard um, you know, didn't, have, didn't have great quickness, uh, didn't have you know, didn't have great size I mean, I was I was the three point line saved me, I mean um, and Coach Heron's willingness to take me on Griff, I mean, you're talking about look, Shafe was there, Nurnberger was there house was there. He's, he's 12 and 16. You're going to bring another Ben kid in. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> and you're, eight, you're 12 and 16. <laughs> I mean, now I've taught, I, you know, in my own mind, that's what I was thinking. Like, is he sure he wants to do this? Because even I was just a walk on, he didn't put me on scholarship, but in my own mind, I thought, man, you know, it's a great opportunity for me, but I was almost second guessing him because I'm thinking, man, he's got to start winning really quick, you know, and it doesn't look great that there's four <laughs> yeah. betting guys on the team. It just doesn't. And, you know, looking back, Griff, he I think I think he gave me an opportunity that I would not have got if I was anywhere else in the country. I mean, if, if he didn't know his brother coached me in high school, I know Ron probably talked him into it. Say, Hey, look, he'll, he'll, he'll he'll come every day. He'll work hard. He'll do what you ask him to give him a shot. And I can just hear this conversation and, and, and coach, coach gave me that opportunity. I mean, and it didn't have to happen. I mean, And it very well, he could have seen what I saw and I wouldn't have blamed him a bit had he said, you know, no, we're gonna gonna go a different direction. But he always, he gave me that opportunity, Griff, and I always felt part of the team. Even though I was a walk-on, even though I was the low guy on the totem pole, I don't know how you get any lower than a walk-on red shirt. I mean, that's, that's bad. <laughs> okay. but yeah he always he always allowed I always felt like I was a part of the team. I never felt like I was just there and that really meant a lot to me. And and I said yeah. I mean
0: that was the you know looking back that was one thing. Yes. We were a family. I mean you, you go from the guys on his first team to the guys on his last team there's a kinship there that we all played for him but like it was you once you were on the team you were you know I never remember thinking of I mean I knew you were through Scott and knew you played, play you know followed you but I never thought of you any differently than uh, I did Steve right. Middleton
1: Can you know Griff
0: you, know, you, were, you, were a, you were a teammate I mean everybody we treated everybody all of us you know the older guys of course gave us a hard time but like we were on the team. We were brothers. We all we suffered did. together. It, it, so we were brothers. We did,
1: Griff. And I <laughs> want to tell you something. I, I I think this goes back to Coach Aaron too. I really do. When I walked in, you were one of the first people that I spoke to. And Shipley, because I was living on campus, I was scared to death, didn't know what I was getting into. And I told myself, I'm just going to put my head down and work as hard as I can. I'm not going to say anything. And I'm just going to let it come and see what happens. You know, I don't know if I can do this or not. And uh I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I attribute the fact that I was able to stay there for four years and feel part of the family is because we recruited good people. We coach recruited good people. Yeah. We had people that you could trust. And I'm yeah, you know, you were a part of that, ship was a part of that. All those guys that we ran around with, Sterl, all those guys on that team were good people. And at the end of the day, you could crawl in a foxhole with them and they would they would defend you. They'd go to war with you, battle with you. Um, and that made the experience a lot of fun. I mean, that made it fun. You, you you didn't have to play every minute to have fun on that team. I mean, you know. We,
0: no. Yeah, that's a fun meal. You know, those first couple of years that you were no. there, we had Kruger yeah. and Kai. You, you can't be around more Great fun guys. guys than those two. If you can't be around those two and wow. not have a good time, uh, I remember. I remember the first time we played together was behind Lentz Hall uh-huh. and pickup ball, and we're on the same uh-huh. team. And I knew you could shoot, and I knew I couldn't shoot. So I'm like, I'm setting screens for this guy. And after we, we'd won a few games, I remember we were walking back to the dorms. He's like, Hey. Appreciate you sending those <laughs> those pics out there for me, big guy. <laughs> hey,
1: I tell you what, man, I I was I was just right off the Benton reservation. You know what I mean? I mean,
0: <laughs> but you know, think about how much time me, you, Sterling, oh. and Ship spent together oh, yeah. those first couple of years. Time, oh my
1: gosh!
0: Uh, and talking and talking about the four of us, this sure. story has to be told. the The night, <laughs> the night. Sterling called the police. Uh, oh. A big train. A Darren Parker.
1: Yeah, that's just. I mean, and I tell you, the kind of, that's the kind of stuff we did. You know, it was. Uh, what was it, Griff? It was. A, it was a holiday of some sorts. We were the only ones in the dorm, right?
0: No, no, no. It was just. It was, was during, it during normal okay. school time, and. I think we had a day off is why you think it was a holiday. I think we had a day off and we were having a Nintendo tournament or something in, in, in our room, me and Sterling's room and trained Darren Parker for those listening. You no, know, he was one of our guys. He was one of the guys on the team, another yeah. another great guy, just a great high character guy. Yeah. I, I wonder where he's at now. But he kept coming down to, in the room and Sterling kept telling him to leave because he was interrupting right. whatever it was we were playing and Sterling just said, "I'm gonna call the police if you don't leave. Go ahead, call, call, call. man. Train had that list. Go ahead, call the police, call, call the police. What they gonna do? What they gonna do? Sterling picks up the phone. We don't think he actually called he the police, he but did. he did. I remember we ordered food, and it was a warm. It was warm. I don't remember what month it was, but it was it was warmer than usual. So we had the windows open, and we're looking out the window, waiting for our food to come up. And I, ha, 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 ha. and I think it was you said hey the police are out here <laughs> yeah ha, 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 ha. Right. and then we hear a knock at the door open the door and there's a yeah. couple of police officers Yeah, and, Ship, Shipley. <laughs> and then yeah. Start, yeah, just, and
1: start with Shipley them
0: tried to re- you know what uh, you shouldn't be but don't you guys have something better to do than calling you know making prank calls to police or whatever yeah. but what would you want me to do officer did you want me to kick his ass and then, and then oh, throw him out yeah. the room oh, yeah <laughs> I'll ask the questions here, Mr. Mayhem.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and then Ship tried to leave. Then, the no, I, he said he ordered a pizza. And- yeah, you know, got attitude. <laughs> I got homework to do.
0: <laughs> you know, you're going to stay right here. They, they
1: said, Mr. Shipley, you're going to stay right here.
0: Now, John, it, was, it was during conditioning. Matt, okay. it was during conditioning when it happened. Because the next day, we're at the track. And we were right. finished and coach Aaron calls us, Hey, I need to talk to, uh Griffin, <laughs> Wynn, Mayhan, Shipley, and, and I'm like, Oh boy, hey, hey gang I heard you had to run in with the police last night. Then he just started laughing. Well,
1: you know, and that's another thing. I love, you know, you were in trouble, but you really weren't. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, he kept us up.
0: Yeah he knew we were going
1: to have have fun what battles to fight You know, if we're playing Nintendo and and we call the police on accident hey, you know we're going to let that (laughs) I mean, you know
0: but uh, I think he knew knew too, he didn't have to worry about us he had to worry about me going to class and passing, but he didn't have to worry about us doing anything that was criminal you know, we were not as innocent, I guess if if that's the word to use, that because we weren't gonna get in kind of real trouble. It's just college right. kid stuff, basically. But that I, I forgot about that story till we that, were
1: talking. That Man, classic. that was classic. That was classic. That was.
0: Hey, the police are out here.
1: <laughs> and we had a lot of good times there, Griff. I mean, you know, that was just uh, living on campus and being able to play at Southern during that time. And and you know, Griff, I still say this. Uh, you know, you were there. You were a Southern Illinois kid. Uh, myself, and Chip, and there were some Benton guys there, and, and then you had Coach on the bench, and you, and his coaches were from Southern Illinois, most of them, and and there was just this—I uh, mean, there was a genuine fight for the area, you know, like like I felt like, yeah, I felt yeah, like we had a chip on our shoulder. Southern Illinois guys here, and we and we we had really good attendance. I mean, I can never remember going to. A home game where that place wasn't near packed. I mean, and it was just a, you know—we didn't know it maybe at the time, but man, we were right on the cusp of turning that thing around. And, and I think, I think our group—you um, know—we were able to 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 move the program in the direction it needed to go. And then, I think we—I think we—I think we, I turned, think the we turned the corner. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think you look at. I mean of course Sterling and Sterling and Ship were the worthy were cornerstones of it. They were you you look back at the success that has happened, you know, that Bruce and Painter and Chris had, that success, that foundation was laid when when you know with those guys. And but you know, but then you look at you were a four-year guy. I was a four-year guy. You played a bigger role in it than I did, but we were we were they were the cornerstones, we yeah. were we were part of that foundation because we hung around i mean you could have you could have went i remember you were thinking about going to mobile um man it was every year you know i never said anything about it but every year i wanted to transfer to someplace where i thought i had i was a better fit and i could play but you know the fact that we stuck stuck out stuck it out and then that you know 80 or 89 we you know we get freddie we get tony harvey we get kelvin jerry is able to play and we get you know kai has a great year we go to nit that next year we should have been in the ncaa tournament that was the year right there i think that we really turned the corner you know when we added uh uh, we added amaya tyrone and grady i think that was the year we turned the corner you know we didn't have the year that we wanted to that next year 91 but then 92 your last year you guys won the conference championship and you know, if it wasn't for that breakdown in the second half against Tulsa, that may right, have been coach's right. first NCAA team. Well,
1: you know, we, you know, I look at, I look at some guys even before we got there that got us to where we were too. You know, like, I mean, Kai and Randy. Don't, I mean, I, I just. Nobsick, I mean, no, those slack. guys, middle, Steve Middleton, I mean, Steve guys, Middleton, I mean, they were great players, they were great offensive players, and me and Randy, me, you know, me and Randy had this conversation, the, you know, Griff, I and mean, you're, you're going to agree with me on this, but, you know, coach, uh coach brought in Sam uh, Weaver, and, and when he brought Sam in, you know, our whole defensive philosophy, that, was,
0: that, that's yeah. when the, that's when yeah. that we so turned that I corner. think that was, really yes,
1: key, you know,
0: yep. But, you know, talking about Steve, you know, they use the term – kids use the term walking bucket now. Steve Middleton was a walking bucket in 1987 and 1988. That that man you know, was score. born to and score I the was, basketball.
1: You know, Griff, I was a walk-on red shirt, yeah. and I had to guard him every day in practice. And, you know
0: oh, – I had and, to guard him yeah, every day we, as a red shirt, both, too. And
1: I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, big, strong hips and legs. And, and he was 6'2", but he, he would – you know, he knew every once in a while. he could, Yeah, he could he take you up down with the, on the basketball block and just—you know—he could put those hips in you. And even for a guy that was six-two, he had a—he had a way to get to the rim. He wasn't an outstanding jumper, but he just—he had great instincts. Oh no, man, great you let use his body! And I'll never forget my first year. You know, when I—when I really realized the talent that we were playing against is when Hawkins came in there and. You know, Hawk had forty nine and Steve had 49 had 42, You know, um, Steve had forty two, and, and sitting there on that bench and just watching that and going, "Wow!" Yeah, we we, we were sitting <laughs> yeah. beside
0: each other because and- <laughs> <laughs> I I'd broken my wrist and we were just sitting there, just like remember. We started calling Steve the uh, we called Hawk the silencer because Steve would come down and make a move and the place would go crazy. <sighs> Then they come down and Anthony Manuel, Bradley's point guard, he dribbles around to Hersey, got open on that figure eight, nails a three, and it went from right,
1: right. To You're exactly right.
0: Everything got quiet. We started calling him the silencer because he just silenced the crowd exactly every time right. he got well, the basketball. I
1: tell you, Griff, um, sitting there watching that, I can just remember going, What am I doing here? you know like why am I on the bench (laughs) I have got so much work to do and not enough time to do it because you're watching an NBA guy and you know Steve was Steve was about that caliber too I mean he they were both incredible players and and it just made me double it made me question myself like man I've got some work to do you know because you see guys like that you know
0: well, here's the thing and i was talking we were talking at um, at the end of practice at harrisburg a couple of days ago about um we were preparing for murfreesboro who we played last night and they ran a thing called inside triangle and you remember right. our so uh, rotation. inside rotation at siu and i was like man i said we ran this every year i was at siu i said a lot of college teams ran this back in the late 80s early 90s if you watch Old North Carolina games where they had Montrose and George Lynch and those guys—they right. ran a lot of inside yeah. rotation. Yeah, I, you
1: know, I remember that. Yeah. And,
0: and I said that um, for us to have scored the points we did at SIU, the three-pointer wasn't a right. big part of our offense.
1: Well,
0: you know, and, and in '88 we averaged about 90 points a game, and we might. Make four right. or five threes a ball game. Well,
1: you know, Griff, I tell you, uh, you know, I don't know if you felt this way, but but I think guys that played for Coach Aaron felt this way. I mean, he loved to see the ball go in. He loved to run. He yes, he coach, was an offensive I coach. I, always, I never felt, oh, I shouldn't have shot that ball. Or, oh, I just never looking over my shoulder at the bench to see if it was a good shot.
0: He would right, get mad at right. you for he, not he shooting.
1: Would, he would. but but you know, he yeah. Gosh dang it, Matt, You shoot the bank he up ball he, he gave us all freedom to do what we could do best. And I that's what I loved. Um, you know, I never felt like the reins were being pulled back on me. Uh I had to play a certain way. No,
0: no. If you could score, you had free you yep. had free reign. And if he knew if he knew you'd worked on your offensive game, you had free reign. And that you know, my my I just didn't I wasn't like uh, you said you were a system guy. Sure. I was a post player in high school. And you remember when we we prepare for teams in practice, I did better when we play the Evansville's and the Indiana States and the Creightons, those teams that ran set offenses and I'm somebody than when we play Bradley or Tulsa, where it was this more basketball because I I wasn't comfortable playing the guard position. So you know that the coach's offensive scheme. I wasn't a good fit for it because I wasn't a scorer. I wasn't a strong enough ball handler to really be a slasher. You know, I wasn't very strong, so I really couldn't be a finisher. You know, I thought my my strength was defense, but that you know, I look back. I can't blame coach for that. I just didn't have the discipline and the confidence to work on my offensive wow. game enough, where I could have been a bigger a bigger piece of the ball game. But I look back too. It helped. It's, it's helped me as a coach. That knowing what my shortcomings were then it, it helped me more as yeah, a coach well, than I'd anything you, else you
1: know as well as I do I mean to play down there to go through those practices to do the things that 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 we did it was an honor to do that but you know you did one of the one of the toughest things I think you know anybody can be asked to do I mean to to go from a back to the bucket legitimate post player in high school to be moved out to a a guard position is probably one of the toughest transitions in the sport i mean you know i mean that's that's a tough thing to do i thought you did a pretty good job of it and you know uh you know defensively you know played up by the rim and and did things and and you know uh that's a tough transition griff i mean it was a tough transition for me to to have to guard a two guard who was six foot five, you know, you go into the game and, and, you know, I mean, in high school you can get a two guard that was six, five. I mean, and that's, that's why I didn't get prolonged minutes. And I I completely understand that. I mean, you know, very rarely did I play the point I did a little bit uh, at times, but, but not much. I think Tyrone was hurt maybe a couple times and I had to step in and play yeah. the point, but hey. you know, not against great pressure. As uh, good as, as but the two, I mean, you're talking about Marcel Gordon and Ricky Ricky Thomas and guys that were 6'4, six, 6'5 six, that could take you to the block and try to go to work on you know. Well just in practice,
0: just in practice alone. The South Seven was good when you were in high school, but there were no Freddie right. McSwains no, playing the no. two spots.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. I mean, you know, if you were a 6'1", 6'2 <laughs> guard in the South 7, you could hold your own in the South 7 if you were skilled enough. But <laughs>
0: there, not there were no Kelvin good. Lawrences. Man, that's an unsung guy. There were no Kelvin Lawrences in the South 7. As good as those athletes were at Carbondale, uh, there were no Kelvin, Kelvin Lawrences in what the South a great 7.
1: Teammate. Man, what a great teammate. Uh, quiet, but, man, it's tough. as tough a guy as they come. Never complained um came off the bench just played his role and he's he just worked worked he was worked man. just worked he was old school
0: I mean that that 90 team I mean that that's probably the group I, I, I think that was probably for me that was the closest team that I played on I mean we the, that group was probably I mean I think that that's a big re I believe that was a big reason we were so successful because the, we, we were, were so close as a as a team and you just look at the, the guys on that team you know ship jerry jerry jones the gentle giant who wouldn't who wouldn't set a screen remember sam getting on to him about not right. hitting you on a screen man that's my teammate i ain't trying to hurt one of my brothers yeah
1: and jerry, jerry was just um he was just golden i mean he's you know one of the greatest guys i mean he didn't always he didn't have lombardi time i mean he didn't go on lombardi time but i mean you know he wasn't 20 minutes
0: (laughs) no he was on he was on jerry's time i don't where were we were we going to st louis i don't remember where we were going but we're at that Mm -hmm. hotel west of carbondale on the west side of town they had fed us and we were going i think we may have been going to the conference tournament maybe and Jerry doesn't show up for the meal, and we're waiting outside. And here goes a yellow
1: And I mean, he, he had no intentions of slowing down, yeah. He just <laughs> said, Hey, it's time to go, I guess. Jerry's ahead of us, you know. And, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> man, man, I can't be doing all that. I got a kid.
1: <laughs> I think that's what he, I think that was the excuse to use that, but. Oh man, and then, <laughs> man, we we that was a tough one. That was our first. We'll see. We'll think about that. I think that was our first nit bid. And didn't.
0: Yeah, it was. That's what it was. We were. Yep, yeah, that's what it, it was. Ends. We were going to play Sloop Yep, that's what it was. It was an eighty-nine. Is eighty. Is eighty-nine season. Yep. There's
1: nothing that went right. Yeah. Ooh,
0: yeah, that, we weren't ready for that. No, No, we weren't ready for that. That was that was that was that was the classic example yeah, of just yeah, being right, happy to be there.
1: Right.
0: Um, and they, but you know, they went on and they won the NIT that year. So it wasn't you know those first two years. I don't remember who beat you guys. And um, well, you know, every year that we lost in the NIT, the team that beat us went on and won. Yeah. My last three years, Green Bay beat us. They end up winning it. Stanford beats us they end up winning it I don't remember who beat you guys uh, it was your uh, senior year it was
1: Boston College and I don't I don't I don't think okay they I built don't remember if they won it or not he's a nice lefty post player uh, that yeah. was that was the last game of my career at Boston College and uh, so yeah, yeah yeah I remember
0: uh, I remember after we lost at at Creighton that lost to Creighton in, in the Valley Tournament. And we're in the locker room. You know, then I didn't have any real feelings because I didn't play very much. And I just looked around and I look at you and I look at Ship and I look at Sterling and I'm like, this is the last time I'm going be in a locker room with these guys because we thought the season was over. You know, we thought we had to win the tournament to, you know, even have to get to the championship, to even have a post post-season, postseason bid. And I look and I'm like, man, I've been, you know, me and Sterling were there as freshmen, 86, 87, right. Right. when we, you know, we first met. And then, you know, you and Ship come in the next year, so my three closest friends on the team, I'm looking at, like, this is the last time I've been in a locker room with these guys. And then me and Chris have gotten to be real close. And I'm like, me and Tyrone, right. and I'm like, wow, this is it. And I, I went to a bathroom stall, and I just kind of broke down, because like it just hit me like, man, this is over. It wasn't like the fact that, you know, it wasn't upset that, you know, no bitterness I didn't play, but it's like, man, I've been through so yeah, much with these yeah. guys and now it's over? And then they tell us we're going to NIT, to Boise, which <laughs> I wasn't real happy about. Well. But, <laughs> you know, hey, there, there's a reason behind that. I, I'm going to tell my story about that. Right. I you guys got I to plan. I understand. So, I remember writing March Madness on the back of my Ooh. shoes, on the back of a pair of my practice shoes. And Rodney's like, Griff, you getting fired up for the the postseason run? I said, Rodney, to hell with the postseason run. I said, I'm getting fired up about being able to go home and play in some independent tournaments now. I said, that's my March Madness. He said, well. Well, that's
1: one way to look at
0: it. I said, I'm just being honest with you, Coach. I'm just being honest with you, Coach. I don't get to play so much. My, my March Madness is a different form than anybody else's right now. And then, so that was my thing. I was like, man, there's all these tournaments going on, and now we got to play. So I can't play right. any. I can't, right. I still can't play. <laughs> but after we lost, you know, after we lost to Stanford, that then it was like some closure. And I didn't have that same emotion because it's like, okay, we got to extend the season. I, you know, it, it, it felt different then for whatever reason. That one didn't sting like the the loss to Creighton in the Valley tournament because it was just like, you know, and I, and, and I look at kids now. And I don't think they they really get it that, you know, yeah, we, we had a great time in college, a lot of sure. great memories, but man, it was a lot of work. Sure. Yeah, playing playing a college sport is work. It's a job. You you can't have an off day right. if you if you know if you want to be successful. And you go through so much with your teammates. And you know, I mean, we were we were around each other. Sure. Gosh, I mean, when we lived together, you think about we wrote the practices together. Me and you, you and Ship, me and Ship—a combination of the three yeah, of us were yeah. usually roommates on road trips. We were around each other
1: so yeah, much, it's know, like we were riff. married to each other.